0: Welcome to Lakeside Church's Message Podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find a church, family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Uh, We're we're in a message series called Endgame. When you came in, you should have gotten a piece of paper. If you didn't get one, raise your hand. There might be a few more. You can also follow along in the Bible app. And uh, is this your water, Emmerich? I'm just making sure it's my wife's water, because I don't like to drink after other people. Amen? All right, so... Um, You can follow along, the notes are over there. And so this message series, just to to kind of give you an introduction, uh, we're talking about a very special uh, period in history. You see, Jesus has already came and he's died and he's risen again and he's given us communion to remember that by. And he's also ascended in that little picture of the throne is Jesus is at the right hand of the Father sitting there right now. He is already at the side of the Father right now, and he has sent his Spirit for those who believe that you guys have, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you have God's Spirit inside of you. The Spirit of Jesus lives in you. And we are waiting for his return. We are waiting for him to come back and to make all things right, um, but that has not happened yet. And so we've talked about a few things this, this series about, um, about being, uh, knowing who you are in Christ. We've talked about having God's Spirit in you. And uh, we're going to add a little bit of, on to that um, right now out of the book of John, chapter 17. And I'm going to take a sip of water, and then we're going to pray, and we're going to read the word of the Lord. But Lord, you are good. I pray your word would speak to us today. I pray you would come down and visit with us. And I pray we would hear your word and I'll be transformed by it. Your word is life. Your word is spirit. And we want to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. So John 17, this records a prayer that Jesus prayed before he was crucified. This was one of the last things he did before he went to the cross and died for your sins, died for my sins. Like, he said this prayer, and some of the last things you say, if you knew you were going to die, especially if you were Jesus, but just you, if you knew you were going to die and you only had a few moments left, a night left, your prayers would be pretty focused. They would be on point. You would be praying for that which you knew that mattered. You might pray for your wife or your kids or your husband And and who does Jesus pray for? So in John chapter 17, verse 20, it's, it's on the screen. It should be there in a second. It says, I do not ask for these only. So back up. I'm going to give you a little background. The reason he says that is at the beginning of John 17, he prays for his disciples. He prays for the people that had been following him, the ones that had seen him walk on water and feed the thousands and open blind eyes. He said some prayers for them that were specific for them. But then did you know that Jesus prayed for you? If you believe in Jesus, Jesus prayed for you. And I believe when Jesus prays, things happen. So this is a prayer that Jesus prayed for you if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. So verse 20 says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Is that you today? I hope it is. I hope you believe in Jesus. I, I hope you have put your trust in him. It's verse 21. It says that they all may be one. Man, as I looked and as I was sitting here and and watching the many different types of people come up here to to receive communion, I I think that's a pretty pretty hard thing to do. We're across ages where there's different nationalities, there's different shapes and sizes and, and shades. I mean, we're different in this room. People grew up in different countries in this room. People grew up in different states. But Jesus says that they all may be one. And then he explains what he's asking for. He said, Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may be in us. How one are Jesus and the Father? That's pretty one. And Jesus prayed that we would be one, even though we're all different and all have our quirks and different personalities. And I mean, Robert the other day, he came in and he kissed me on the cheek. For, I put, you did it, brother. I didn't. I didn't ask for it. I didn't punch you. I just, I rolled with it. It was in love. You got it from my dad. Okay, it was in love. Well, that's a Hispanic thing, I guess. He's, he's adapting a little bit. But in love, I received that. I wouldn't want you all to do that, please. Just know. And I won't do it unto you. But, but it was in love. And we've known each other. And I understood that. And, you know, we're not going to make a habit of that. But he's different. And I love him deeply because I don't know another person in this church that loves me more than this brother right here. I could tell him the way he talks to me, the way he cares for me, the way he, he loves on me, and, and there's, there's just love that pours out from him. And there was nothing, nothing wrong with that. Now we don't have to do it again, but it was, it was okay. But he prayed that we all may be one. And just to clarify, I'm not saying that we all have to do that. But we have to be one. And are you one with your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Are you one? Do you, do you really know who they are? Yesterday, um, my wife and I were invited to a co-worker's uh, 50th uh, birthday. She threw a big gala. And, and just to give you the frame of reference, I predominantly work with African-American people. And so she was an African-American woman, and we'd become dear friends in the Lord, and we we know each other, and so she invited us, and we were the only two Hispanic people there. And then there was one other Caucasian person, and it was, it, it was a situation where I knew I was invited into her world as a brother in the Lord. And I sat there, and we know each other, and, and just to be honest, I was like, she was like, well, I'm having this, this gala, I'm having a birthday party, and, you know, I talked to her on the phone, and I was like, So what do I got to wear? Because, you know, I know her and her friends, they dress up a little different than I do. And she was like, you don't have to dress up. And I was like, praise God. And she's like, but don't wear jeans. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I feel you. She's like, maybe what you wear to work. And I was like, thank you, You know, because not dressing up for me would have been like this, but I knew what she meant. But I got to be honest, if you've never walked into another culture where you are the only one of you there, then I wonder if you're really one. I've been around all Hispanic people because I grew up. uh, My family was like that. And we've done things that Hispanic people would do, which would be kissing on the cheek, saying goodbye to everybody, saying hello to everybody, um, the, the different food, the different customs. Santa Claus comes at midnight. I mean, it's a whole different ball game. I've been around all Caucasian people. And, you know, redneck people, uh, hipster people, all different types of Caucasian people. And I, I love it. I've eaten squirrel. I mean, that was something that was, it was cool. But I wouldn't do it again. But I'll try anything once. And I've been around all African-American people where I can go there and I can I can be a part of their their culture. But I think that's what, what God is saying. And so I wonder, it... Have you made that step? Have you made one? Because you know what? This sister and I that is at work, she's, she's a dear friend. She's a believer. And I was honored to be able to be invited there because it was a, a small group of friends and family. And she said, Chris, would you please come and bring Emmerich? And it was an honor. And even though she doesn't go to our church, I feel that she and I in the Lord are answering this prayer. Just as the Father's in me and I in you, so that, and then look at the last part, that we may be one, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, the world right now doesn't want that to happen. The world wants to divide us and separate us and make us different. Verse 22, it says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one. As, in, as we are one. The word glory, and one of the meanings of the word glory is literally that which is shiny. See, Jesus is the light of the world, and he's given you his glory. He's given you his light. The light of the gospel has come into your heart, and you should shine with that light. You should be a screaming example of the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of God. When people see your life, Jesus' prayer was that you would radiate that love, that all of us together, that they might see something within us, that, that as we love each other and as on the outside we might not have anything in common, but we all have the same light, the same love for one another. The glory that you have given me, I've given to them, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's, he said he's made you a light of the world. a city set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. Verse 23, I in them and you in me, that we may be perfectly one. Why? So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. The first point I want you to put in there is Jesus prayed for us to be one with him, the Father, and each other. That's a big prayer. But I believe Jesus has the faith for it. I believe Jesus is good enough for it. I believe the cross is powerful enough. That's why we all can humbly come up and receive the same salvation, the same broken body, the same poured out blood, and we can become one with him the next thing he prayed and i want you to understand that is he prayed for the church to reveal jesus would reveal himself to the world so that they may believe verse 21 it said so that the world may believe that you sent me do you know that jesus wants to make you a testimony jesus wants to make a group of people a testimony that the world may believe That word in the Greek is cosmos, where you get cosmos or or you think of the the universe or things like that. That's basically everything and everyone. Jesus wants to reveal himself, I believe, to the world so they may believe that, that the Father sent him. And so that's your commission, to be one with people who are different from you, to lay down your junk, to love somebody, to forgive them, to show kindness to them, and for them to do the same to you in Christ. Not the kissing thing, but the loving thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you know I love you Robert, right? You know I had to say something about that brother. Anyways, 1 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10. The best part was he did it to Caleb too, and that was awesome. But I'm sorry, but chapter chapter 3, verse 10, and I I want you to see this because that's Jesus' prayer that you would be one and that, that through your love, that you would be a testimony into the world so that they might believe, and I believe Paul is building on that concept here as he's talking about the church, and he's talking about what he's done to the church, and he's talking about the church growing up. The church just means assembly or group those people who Jesus prayed to be one. That's what the church is supposed to be, not the organization. And so Paul in 1 Corinthians is talking about it, and he's saying, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid the foundation and someone else in the building built upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ. So Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, to, to Corinth, the, ch- the group of believers that were gathered in him and saying, I laid the foundation. I came and preached the message of the gospel. We know that Apollos went there later on and, and shared them some deeper truths. But Paul is saying, don't get away from Jesus Christ. Don't move away from that. That's your foundation. And be careful how you build upon that foundation. And let me tell you, church, be careful how you build upon that foundation. Don't get too far from Jesus. Don't get too far from that. Stay close. He's the cornerstone. He's what we build upon. And take care. Be careful. Verse 12. And this is a very interesting thing. It says, now if anyone builds on that foundation... With gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest or be revealed. So you can build upon Jesus, and you can add some some things the church can grow and learn, but it can be qualified. Some of the stuff we do is gold. Some of it is silver. Some of it is precious stone. And may we not build... We could, but may we not use wood, hay, or straw. Because Paul's saying that each one's work, all of your work, all of my work, will become manifest. Or that really means in the Greek, to be revealed. It says, for the day will disclose it. The day he's talking about is when Christ returns. Because it will be revealed by fire. This is a weird concept, but follow me. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Do you know we will all be tested by fire? Verse 14, if the work that anyone has built on that foundation survives, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved, but as only through fire. So Jesus is the foundation. He's prayed a prayer that we would be one, that we would love each other, and that we would reveal uh, the gospel to the world, that through the world, might, the world might be reached, or the world might believe through of us. And we're building on that. We're trying to make that happen. But God is going to test our work. And the first thing I want you to understand, there are two parts to our judgment. See, I believe there's two parts to our judgment, that we're all going to be judged in, in two, kind of two different ways. The first way, I believe, that we'll be judged is, is, what did you do with Jesus? And that's salvation. Did you believe? Did you receive the gift that was given to you? Do you believe Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sin, that he covered your sin? And if you do that, if you believe on Jesus Christ and you accept his forgiveness, you will be saved. That's salvation. I hope you guys have all come to that point. If you haven't, I'd love to to help you see the necessity of taking that step. But you know, there's another step And that can be this question What did you do with Jesus? And now I'm using the same question, and that's your purpose. What did you do with Jesus? So, in other words, what did you do with Jesus when the gospel was preached? If you heard the gospel, did you receive? Did you believe? Did it take root? Did the seed take root in your life and become a tree of life? The second thing is, what did you do with Jesus? In other words, did you work alongside Jesus as a co-laborer and as a joint heir? And did you work towards the purpose that Jesus had for your life? When Jesus prayed that they may be one, did you lean into that and say, Lord, if that's what you want, then yes, I will lean into being one with your people? Or did you fight against that with racism and bigotry and, and your own different personality quirks and, and, and keep separate and, and go against Jesus' purpose? When Jesus said that the world might believe, did you lean into making sure your life was a reflection of Christ so that they could believe? When Jesus said, I'm praying for them, that they might be one, that they might love, and that the world could see that love and know that I'm real, did you take that to heart, and did you lean in to being a mouthpiece and a testimony and a vessel of his love? What did you do with Jesus in conjunction with Jesus? Because I believe Jesus wants to reach people, but he uses his church to do that. So what did you do with Jesus? And we're going to be judged on that. We're going to be judged. At, At this thing I went to yesterday, I was chosen out of a few people to stand up and to say a few kind words about um, this person, so they had some family members, some friends, some coworkers, And so I stood up and I said some, some kind things about my friend. But what I didn't expect is at the end, she stood up. And there may have been 50 or so people there, I, I don't know. But she stood up and she went around the room. And she said why each person mattered to her. And why she was grateful for them to be there with her to celebrate her 50th year. And there was one friend that was there since she was younger and had been her friend for 30 plus years, 40 years. And she had so many things to say and and she went deep. And I'm not going to hurt you, brother. Don't worry. You're making me lose my train of thought. All right. But anyways, so she said all these things and it, it was Kind. And I was like, "Man, that's good." And she went to her mother and she went to her cousins and she went to her brothers and her sisters, and, and each person had a different level of feedback. There was one brother. She was like, "And you, you're funny." and just kept it moving. That's all she could say, and I was like, "Oh dang, even coworkers got more than that. You must be a bad brother." But he was there, he was invited to the feast, he got to participate, but he just got your funny. And other friends and family, they got more accolades. And I think heaven will be something like that. And hey, I want you to make it there, I want you to, to know Christ, and I, I want you to find salvation in Jesus, but I'd like you to take the next step and, and get at least a precious stone not wood, hay, or straw. Maybe a few of us can get some silver to really lay our lives down, to really work towards eternal things that when our lives are tested by fire, there's some silver that remains. Wouldn't that be nice? And a few of us, maybe we could have some gold that we really did a couple things with our lives. I mean, wouldn't you like want at least one piece of gold there? You know there's going to be some wood, hay, and straw, and hopefully some stone, and maybe some silver, but wouldn't you like at least one part of your life to really be like pure gold that reflects the glory of God, something that was done out of humility and something that wasn't done for your own ego, that really demonstrated love and compassion and mercy That pointed somebody to Jesus, that like that person is in heaven because of you, because of something you did, the a sacrifice that you made, something that you laid aside, that, that there's somebody there. And they say, Man, if you hadn't have done that, Caleb, if you hadn't have shown me Christ, I don't know, I don't know that I'd be here. That judgment is coming. When Jesus returns, it's coming. And I'm all about knowing what's going to be on the test, right? If you know what's on the test, you can prepare yourself. So what did you do with Jesus' salvation? And what did you do with Jesus or in conjunction with Jesus' purpose? What did Jesus do through you? And that's my prayer for our church, is that in this time that, that we would build on the foundation. And there'd be more gold, silver, and precious stone. That not everything would be burnt up. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for myself. Would you bow your heads with me just now? I don't know where you're at in regards to salvation. I I don't know if Jesus has has revealed Himself to you and you've, you've, you've allowed that, that to faith to well up in your heart. And, and maybe you're not sure about salvation. If you're not sure about salvation and, and you'd like to be sure that at least you're at the table. If you want to know if at least you're at the table, that door is Jesus Christ. That door is faith in Him. And I would love to talk with you and pray with you. If, if you're having any doubts about your salvation, and you'd like to, to work on that today, with every head down, nobody looking around, just me, would, would you put your hand up if that's you? If you're having, amen. Amen. I, I saw the hand, and I'm going to talk with you later if you'd hang around. I'm not going to point you out and embarrass you. Is there Anybody else? I know a lot of believers are in this room. I know you believe. There's so many believers in this room. But if you can honestly say that you wonder if you're building with gold, silver, or precious stone, that you don't know if your life is, is, is worthy, if, if you've not been obedient and you've not been working towards the things that Jesus is working towards, if you're, not, if you're working against him more than working for him or with him. And you'd like to, to dedicate your life afresh to working with Jesus for his glory, letting him work through you so that the church may be one and that the world might believe. Would you put your hand up right now? I'd like to know who I'm praying for. Amen. 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 Well, God, you saw every hand that went up, and I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ that all of us would reflect your glory, that we would do things of eternal significance, that we would build our lives upon the rock with quality, with purity, with humility, with love, with compassion, with truth, without falsehood. God, that there might be gold and silver and precious stones in our lives. Lord, that our lives might be adorned with your beauty. That when that day comes, there's some good that remains. That that we can throw our crowns down at your feet and say, thank you, God. You, You did it through us. You did it in us. And give you back the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, "Amen, Amen." Amen. In a few minutes, um, we're going to invite you guys to go outside, and and you're welcome to get some churros, hang out, fellowship a little bit, maybe get to know some people. But but we're going to have some people handing these out, and so I'm going to, somebody, Robert, come over here, Matt, take some, give some to Matt, take a couple of those, my brother, take a couple of those, give me one. So these right here, and you guys can head out there on the the way out, and and I'll I'll explain to everybody, and we're going to close right now. But these right here, it's a little card, and all it says is this. It says, here's a little something extra to show you that God loves you. Do you know that most pastors are known as the worst tippers? It's true. She said, amen. Most pastors are known as the worst tippers. Our God's a generous God. So I'm going to challenge you to take maybe two. And this week, do something extra. Leave a tip that your waitress doesn't deserve. Give some money to a friend that you know is tight. I mean, you don't even have to know it's you. You could put it in an envelope and, and slide it in their mailbox. Do something for another human being. I'm not saying give any money here. But take one of these and do something that's above and beyond. And bless them. Some kind of blessing. Something that you could do so that the world might believe. Something really loving from a a generous, humble place. Because I would love our church to be that a generous, loving, kind house that reflects the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me, please? I'm going I'm to bless everyone. We're going to say a quick prayer, and then you are invited to hang out. And um, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. God, may we reflect the love of God to our community. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. You died for us while we were your enemies, while we didn't deserve it, while while we were covered in sin and while our our lives were broken and you reached down and you loved on us and you were merciful and kind and you're so patient. Lord, you give us so much time to grow and you're gentle. And Lord, we want to reflect you to this world. Show us how to be loving and kind to this world and point them to you, Jesus, so that they might believe that that you're real, that the Father sent you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We will have some prayer teams up here. If you need prayer, we could do that. You could also fill out one of these prayer cards and drop them in the box. And if you need any more cards, you could see Robert and Robert. Can give you a card, and you are charged Robert not to kiss anybody on the cheek, but you can hand him out a card. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>